And we're live here on Facebook and also on podcast as well. Welcome to those listening on Podcast Land. And uh, hi, YouTube. Um, Rich, how you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. We're sitting in Rich's living room together. Office. Office, together. Uh, hopefully, y'all can hear us and that all this is going well. Um, I think everything looks good on our end. I think we're good. Uh, Rich is checking audio now. Uh, hey, yeah, we can. Good. Okay, we know we're good. So, we're going to get back in the show. Um, we we really don't have a ton to talk about this week. Not really. Um, this is good because, you know, you've got, we've got, such we've a got baby weekend. Grace out in the... Out, yeah. in the, out in the uh, out yep. in the other room, and uh, we both got things to do today. We do. You got to meet my baby. I did. Yeah, you'll get to hold her in just a minute. We got to yeah. finish the show. Once we get done with the show, Rich hasn't held the baby because his wife is is getting a little baby baby time, mm-hmm. which she's been wanting for a little while. So yeah. she's excited about it. But uh, we'll get we'll get into we'll get you'll get to hold her and we'll oh, get some yeah. pictures. It'll be great. Um, but before we do that, we have some stuff to talk about in the show. Uh, we're going to head into the NASCAR corner, uh, and then we got some baseball to talk about. Rich, uh, what are what are the other things we might want to talk about today? You know, we'll be giving you a quick um, quick hits on the Stanley Cup Finals and also the NBA Conference Finals. Yep, as one's wrapped up and one's going into Game Six today. Yeah. And then we'll also be hitting a little bit on how NCAA athletes can now make money off of their names, likeness, and images. Yep. That and so much more. Um, I am going to attempt to... Oh, that's on docs. Okay. Sorry, folks. We are a well-oiled machine. Let's see if this works. We don't do it like this very often. Yeah. So... how we get our sound effects. Hey, that's how we do it. Uh, you got to do it. When we're out of our regular dual record, recording studio. Yeah. So um, so first and foremost, uh, before we get into that, we have uh, a final, uh, a decision that has been made by the people. It has. It, it has. Yes, so we Rich, have... we know the greatest movie of all time. For sports movies, right? At least according to our fans. And according to our fans. We set up the poll, yes. Yep. Um, the two options were Remember the Titans and Field of Dreams. Yeah. How big you, Rich? Well, Mike, it was a 12-4 to 4 victory Ooh, for man. Field of Dreams. Yeah, I voted that way, too. I voted for Remember the Titans. Really? Yeah. Rich! I can get into and maybe want to watch Field of uh, remember the Titans a lot more than Field of Dreams. Okay, that surprised me. I thought because you had been you've been rallying for Field of Dreams for years on how you think it's the best baseball movie. I've I've mostly been rallying against the Sandlot for greatest baseball movie of all time. I That's mean, all. the Sandlot. Come on now, it's one for four years straight. 
or three years straight, it's time to... But not this year. Not this year. This year, you the people decided that Field of Dreams is the greatest baseball movie out there. And now the greatest sports movie, I guess. And now the greatest sports movie out there. Um, This week, we're going to do one last... Yeah. And it's the third place showdown. You got to have the bronze medal match. You do. You got to have the bronze medal match. That's going to be Happy Gilmore versus Rocky Four today. Uh, going around at noon, hopefully, I think. I don't know. But look at look for it we there. We might not get it out till tomorrow afternoon. I don't know. We'll, we'll get out there. It will get It'll out be there. out there, folks. So, uh, uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm okay with those results. I think that movie, I think both. All, yeah. Both of those top two movies are, deserve to be up there. Um, I yeah. I don't know. For me, it just, it just came down to I, I can find myself watching "Remember the Titans" at any point during that movie, and okay. the soundtrack was what does it for me. It has a great yeah, soundtrack. It, does. it really does. And that's that's what swayed my vote over to "Remember the Titans." Yeah. No, I can I can totally agree with that. Um, no no arguments for me. All right, so Mike, do you see what's coming up next? Is it a left turn? It is a left turn, and after that? Um, we might have a right turn, actually, as we're in Wisconsin for the NASCAR Corner, presented by Triple I Sports Cards Incorporated, Moline, Illinois. Not oh, Moline, I found out that they corrected it. Yeah, I corrected it. They are in Moline, Illinois. Check them out for all your sports cards and memorabilia needs. Uh, go see Mike and Ian down there. Tell them that Mikey and Rich sent you. Let them know that uh, that that you listen and it makes a difference. Or you can check them out on their eBay store as well. Ooh, they have an eBay yeah, store. They have an eBay store. Wow. Yeah. So anywhere you're listening, you can actually catch catch up with them and and buy stuff. Uh, they are not a paid sponsor, folks. So those that are watching on YouTube that are like, "Hey, I thought you said you don't have any paid sponsors here." We don't. They're just friends of the show. They are friends of the show, and we are choosing to promote them. Yep. And by doing so, uh, they are presenting the NASCAR Corner. So, uh, this week we are heading to Road America. But before we get there, we have two whole races to talk about, Rich. Yes. Oh, my goodness. What a rough week for me. It's been a rough couple of weeks for me. It has. You have. You I'll were it back you up. were down like 9 to, nine nine to 2. Seven, or, nine, no, it was nine. like 9 to 2 at one point. And you're now, uh, you're now in the lead. Yeah. You are winning now races, in picking, the lead. Picking those winning, picking the drivers that actually win the race. Yeah. That's helped me close that gap and oh, take the lead. So Pocono won. Yep. Uh, your race runner was Alex Bowman. Yeah. Mike, your pick of Kyle Larson came in ninth. Yep. My pick of William Byron came in third. Well, and Larson was doing, actually, did you did you see that, how that race came out? Larson I, was in the lead going into the last lap. Yes, he was. And then a flat tire causes him to drop all the way to nine. Bad luck. Yet again. My drivers have had some really <laughs> bad luck the last three weeks. They have, and it gets worse for you. Oh, it gets so much worse. Two. Yeah. So Pocono number two. Yep. Your pick of Chase Elliott came in 27th, yeah. Mike. My pick of Kyle Busch came in first. Yeah. So that was all came down to pit strategy. Um and Kyle, mid-race folks, Kyle Bush's uh, transmission got stuck in fourth gear. Yeah, that was what, before the second stage of the race? It right was at the end of, second, of it the was, second stage. Yeah, it was right at the end of the second stage. Uh, it was stuck in fourth. They come in during the, the 
trying to fix it. They came in twice and pitted twice in the second stage pit break. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, one of they, these pit guys jumps into the window. You know, they take the window out of the car. One of the guys gets in there with a crowbar and just smashes the heck out of it. Doesn't get it to move. Doesn't much. Doesn't come out of fourth. He they cut the boot, and then they couldn't get it. They they couldn't do anything. So they send him out. NASCAR says, "Hey, you cut that boot. If it's not fixed, he's disqualified." Oh, yeah. That's why they came in the second time to fix the boot. To fix the boot. Okay. And they were able to top the car off with fuel. And when it comes down to a fuel mileage race. Now, here's the other part. So, on the restart, two things. One, starting in fourth gear, you are bogging that engine down. You don't actually use that much fuel mm-hmm. on those low RPMs. Okay. So, as he's accelerating, he's actually using less fuel from zero to 110 than anybody else. Because everybody else is slamming through the gears, and you've got those high RPMs. Okay. He's using fourth gear, so his RPMs, it doesn't it doesn't get up to speed as quick, but what it does is the slow, because it's lower RPMs, he's saving fuel Ooh. on that acceleration. Okay. Then on top of it, he's stuck in fourth gear the whole time. So anytime he slows down, rather than the guys that are shifting into third and then coming and getting those RPMs up, and then going into fourth to stay in that power band, mm-hmm. he's just stuck in fourth. So he's again saving fuel. So when it comes to a fuel mileage race, now all of a sudden, his handicap of not being able to come out of fourth is now uh, is now in has now become an advantage because now he's using less fuel, and using that less fuel makes it so he can go longer. So he actually had extra ability to get further along in the race than if he wouldn't have had that extra fuel. Now, with this race, I know that Bush came from behind yep. to win this race because, what, his teammate Denny Hamlin ran out of fuel. Yep. Chase Elliott ran out of yep. fuel was ahead of him. And All, so was, there's the, one other car in ahead of him. So was there was a whole bunch of guys that pitted at that pit, at that pit stage, at that stage break. Okay. And they were trying to go the last whatever however many laps it was. Mm-hmm. And he was the only one that had saved enough fuel and he pitted one lap later than them. So all of that combines to making it so that um that he had the extra fuel to make that last lap. Where everybody else just ran out of fuel. Had to pit early. Had to pit early. And had he, to pit on the last lap. And there were a bunch of guys that ended up having to pit two, three laps in or to the end that splash and go and hoping that they needed to they needed to splash less than anybody else. And Kyle just I mean at that point he has no real choice. Because if he has to go in the pits and stop all the way and then start again, he's gonna be so bogged down that he's gonna lose tons of time. But because he doesn't, stop, because of that, he's like, nope, I'm not stopping. We're just going. Doesn't matter. So he was going to go with the first or last strategy. He was either first or last. He was going to run out of He was on a Ricky Bobby <laughs> mentality with that and made it work. Yeah. So he was going to run out of gas on the fuel and just let everybody pass him by. If that, if that's, that's what would have happened. And then he did, gets a, do not finish, a did not finish. Uh, yeah, that's probably what would have happened. Yeah. But he won. But he won. Which brings you 
You were talking last week, well, we could be tied or you could you could go up by two. Instead, you took the lead. I did. Because you got two points. Because yeah. Kyle Bush wins. And, and you broke pick. the curse. Yeah, and the pick of Alex Bowen from the first race. William Byron. William Byron from yeah. the first race. Yeah. You did you made it out so right. I picked you up are now in the lead eleven to ten. Yep. And uh yeah, this and that's week, eleven to ten without getting any points for the Chase Elliott disqualification too. Yeah, yeah. Or the uh the all star race. The all star race didn't get any points for that. But that's okay. Um this week we are heading into the jockey made America America 250 presented by Quick Trip at Road America. That's a mouthful. That right is there. a mouthful. That's almost like they couldn't find one sponsor that wanted the entire thing. Yeah. Or you had multiple sponsors wanting to get in on the right on the naming rights yeah. to this thing. So a couple of things. Um road course. And it's a road course we haven't been to. Yeah. Well, some guys have been there, but years ago. But it's not been in NASCAR Cup competition. Mm-mm. Never a lot, yeah, so, I, so if the guy has experience on the track, it's going to be as an Xfinity driver. And a lot of the guys in the Cup Series, apart from maybe what, um, Almendinger, yeah. Reddick, the rookies. Yep. You're one or two guys that have experience in the Cup Series. Though That's their most recent experience. Yep. So Rich, for the first time this season. With the lead. You have the lead. So you have the honors. Uh, it's a tough one because it's hard to pick against Chase Elliott. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to go Chase Elliott, the number nine. Okay. I like that pick. Uh, I am going to bring in Kyle Larson this week. Kyle Larson? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going to go with Kyle Larson. Did you set up your fantasy lineup any different? No, I haven't messed it. I haven't touched it yet. Okay. We'll see if I get to it before. I, it's such a it was such a crazy whirlwind tour that we're on that I don't have much time, but we'll see. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then you have a note in here about Trackhouse Racing buys Chip Ganassi. Yeah, no NASCAR operation. What do you think? It's an interesting thing reading the article about it. Chip Ganassi said it himself, "I wasn't looking to sell." Nope. But he came with an unbelievable offer that I couldn't turn down. And the owner of Trackhouse worked with Gradasi, I think, at one point. Yep. So he knew if he was going to sell to him, at least he's going. At least it's going to go to a guy that he's familiar with. Yeah. So, so Trackhouse is going to keep the ninety-nine on the circuit, and they will acquire the charters for the one and forty-two. Yep. Yep. So, but they only will be able to run two cars since I think, but the the ninety nine was a rented, yeah, was a rented or lease charter. Yep. So Daniel Suarez is going to return okay. in the ninety nine. They have not announced or finalized who is going to be the second car for Trackhouse. Uh, I think Kyle, not Kyle, Kurt Busch yep. is a free agent at the end of the year. Then they have yeah, not get for him. It would be there's there's talk that he could go over and be a second car. For uh, Hamlin Jordan, the Hamlin Jordan team as well, be a good get for them too. So they've said that they are going to give uh, Bush and Chastain the first opportunity to take that seat, but they could go in a couple of different directions or even bring up a younger guy. 
uh, from from the Xfinity series to take that seat as well. Um, I, I mean, it's a huge buy. So you ready for the surprise conversation of the show? There's always one, folks. You guys know it. Yeah. I always start. I always go down a rabbit hole and Rich's. I yeah, throw Rich a curveball. What do you got? Uh, I have a way to fix NASCAR. And what's that? Track selection. Track selection. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, what are the big problems in NASCAR? Getting seats in the butts in the seats, right? Okay. It's hard. They, they've been struggling the last few years about getting people to the track. Last year was NASCAR. We ex- take that out. Take 2020 mm-hmm. out. You got to throw that away. Yeah. Uh, before that, they were their their attendance was dropping and their viewership was dropping. Also, and this year the the trend has continued. Except where it's the first time they've been there in years or ever. Take the Nat- Nashville race, the dirt track. The dirt. Well, the dirt track's separate because the dirt track. Okay. The dirt track was, I mean, it was Bristol on the dirt. It wasn't an actual dirt track. But they hadn't run a dirt race since the right. 70s. But Bristol doesn't count because, so this gets into part of my theory and part of my concept. Okay. Okay. So you have racetracks that you, you have to go to twice a year. Bristol, Talladega, Daytona, Charlotte. Those four. You got to basically go to at least twice a year. All right. How about you get 30, 40, 45 tracks, and every couple years you get one, maybe two races there. Or every over eight years, you're guaranteed at least one race. So, like, they left Chicagoland this year because the numbers of people going had mm-hmm. been dwindling. And it wasn't a full race. And that hurts. So, one of the things is, is that viewership is actually driven by attendance. NASCAR has found when there's more people in attendance that people tend to stay because they're interested because they see that it that there's lots of people interested. Mm-hmm. is always going to sell out. Talladega is always going to sell out. Bristol is always going to sell out. You have tracks like that. There's there's about a handful of them. Charlotte going to mostly sell out. Okay. You got about a handful of those that are always going to be great on the circuit, do great. But you have tracks like Chicago land. You have tracks like uh, I, Texas is one that will always sell out, and right. it's a great venue. Kentucky, they left Kentucky because you, they you left sold out. Right. You do, but every few years, Nashville will be great for a couple of years, but then they'll start dropping off on attendance because people get bored with because it won't be a novelty. It's not a novelty anymore. But if you every few years you rotate what tracks you're going to, and just always rotate, and so Chicago is not only only on the racetrack, we're not racing there this year at all. Nope. But give it, give it three years, four years, six years. Give it six years, and then have two years where it's going to be on there. One, ter- one time or two, or two times. At least one time. Okay. You're going to have attendance spikes because if it's every six years you get a race, or every six years you get two races. So mm-hmm. if you do that and you rotate, you add in Iowa Speedway. You add in there's. There's hundreds of racetracks that they really could go to across the country. Or Dora or some of the ones that only get the Xfinity race. Right. You do that, and then on your Xfinity races, you split up where they go. And and Xfinity or, go Xfinity's tracks that they go to every so often are different than NASCAR. Like, 
they they go to the same tracks, but they go at different times. All right. So so and then the example, truck does the same. So in your example, so let's say right. So this year they went to Nashville was a new track yep. this year, but they dropped Chicago. Yep. So if they flip it, would would you send? It, so you if you so if you replace Chicago and Nashville. Yep. Would you send the Xfinity cars to the track that lost the yep. NASCAR race that year? Kind of. Um, so again, it would be more of an eight-year rotation. It wouldn't be okay. four years. It'd be eight years. Okay. Or it wouldn't be like two years at Nashville, two years at Chicago, two years at Nashville, two years. You have plenty of these tracks that would work. All right. That can hold. That are were built for. Oh, when NASCAR was in its heyday, they're like, oh, we could do this. You have some of those older tracks, like. Uh, Wilkesboro, North Wilkesboro, uh, Darlington, stuff that they leave and then they have to come back for and stuff like mm-hmm. that, where you can get those rotated in. And having those rotations means that you lose, you yes, you lose the consistency. So some of those people that love going every year, it's going to change it up. But A, you get a, diff, a variety of tracks that you get to show on TV. All right. So you get to change it up. So it's not always, oh, it's just another mile and a half, blah, 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 blah. Everybody gets bored with it. Everybody complains about those mile and a half cookie cutter racetracks. Yeah. Folks, if you've ever run, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but if you listen to the NASCAR guys that run the simulators, they say that the simulators are so accurate to how the cars handle. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've ever run at those mile and a half racetracks, each one's different. Each one is different even though they all look the same and their dimensions look fairly similar, the way the cars handle at them is different. So it's, I, when I say cookie cutter, I use air quotes because I don't believe that term is true. That's another side note. That's a bonus yeah. for you. I just gave you a bonus nugget. But um, but if you, if, if you just take and rotate these, the novelty, every six years, the novelty of, oh, it's going to be here. We got to go. People get excited about it, and if they see the and if the people that watch it on TV see that hey, that looks like the people are having fun, maybe they'll go within the next two to three years when it yep. stays there before it gets rotated out to put a different track yep. in, in the circuit. And they just do that. They have all of these tracks, and then, but so so like this year, if if we were to use if we want to use this year as an example, the the Xfinity race. Would be in Chicago. Chicago would have an Xfinity race. Okay. And the Truck Series would be in Iowa. We'll add Iowa in the mix. Okay. So now we have three tracks. Okay. So if you do two, 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 that's six years. If we, if we do it, so the next, then two years later, in two years, they go to the Cup Series goes to Iowa, the the Xfinity Series goes to Nashville, and the Truck Series goes to Chicago. Okay. And that they keep that in their circuit for two years. And yep. Look. And that rotation, so your hardcores that want to go to a race will still have a good, exciting, big race to go to. All right. Your fan, your casual fans who really only watch the Cup Series will see more tracks that are full. And they'll, they'll go when it's more of a novelty than when it's not. Okay, but... Here's one quite, Here's one problem I see with this. A lot of the times when you see the schedule, sometimes you'll have Xfinity truck and cup yep. races all on the same weekend yep. at the same track. Yep. Is there ever a weekend in your in your theory if you're saying that? Yeah. 
So that, the, that the, all three series are at different tracks at that same weekend. Yeah, there will be that. There will be that. There will days. be weekends where they'll be at different tracks. Okay. But there'll also be weekends like Daytona, Talladega, uh, Indy, Charlotte, where they're all in the same. They're place. all in the same venue. So yes, you can still have Kyle Busch win the Truck Series and that the Xfinity Series and then the yeah because the that, that is one thing that you have been seeing these drivers do. Yep, is that if it's a new track that they don't have experience with, you know what? They're finding a way to get into the Truck Race in that yep. at that track before the Cup runs or in the Xfinity Race, so they can get some time behind the wheel in that track. But you wouldn't you wouldn't have that at these tracks. You would only have it at the tracks that you go to every year. So those weekends, so Charlotte, Daytona, Talladega, uh, Bristol, stuff like that, where you have tracks that are every year, like must race places, you can have those every other, These you can have all of the series at once. The other thing this does is it allows you to get more road courses. We have tons of road courses here in America. They just don't they don't get used by NASCAR. And so we'd have the opportunity. So you could rotate in the, the different road courses yep. instead of taking out a road course, instead of putting in a road course and taking away a more traditional oval race. Yep. Yep. So you could take off Coda off the schedule for a couple of years and put in a different road course. Yep. Or you could take it off and put in like I mean, you want to keep that variety. So okay. yeah. So I just think that it gives variety. Every every few years, it's going to be the it, yeah. You're going to see tracks that you don't normally see, but that's going to be just a regular rotation rather than what they did for. And, and they're starting to do this. I think that's kind of where they're going with this concept. But rather than have what they did the 10, 15 years previous, where well, we're going to go to this track where you. The there were there was a good ten years in there where before the season started before they released what the season was going to look like you knew where they were going to go it was everybody knew weekend. everywhere they were going to go it just was which weekend mm-hmm. and that's all it really was and even half the time that was predetermined the Chicago race was there was a Chicago race in September there was a Chicago race in in early June you could narrow it down to about two three. Daytona's good. Daytona used to be every Fourth of July. The, the Pepsi Four Hundred, the Coke Six Hundred is Memorial mm-hmm. Day weekend. You could count on all of those at those exact times every year, okay. and you could write the schedule. I was in a forum where we could write the schedule every year before they even released it. it. It's a novel idea, Mike. I do like it. I mean, there's tons of tracks that only the Xfinity Series goes to. Yeah. That you could easily put the Cup cars on there. Yeah. I mean, how great would it be if we, if you and me and Solomon and the f- people, the fans of the show, could meet up at uh, at Newton, Iowa, and all go to a race together? It'd be fun. They've got the seating for it. They it isn't seat. like they need the hotel space yep. for the drivers because everybody stays in their stays in their campers, don't yep. they? Because they travel for the most part. Yeah, it'd be. I think it'd be one of the best. It'd be a great way to. Expand the sport and get it better. It seems like they're trying to do similar things to that, but they haven't. They haven't definitively said that's what they're doing. But I hope that's that's more the area rather than just 
Well, we're going to not go to Nat. We're not going to go to Chicago. We're going to Nashville, but we're not going to go to Chicago or Kentucky. And nobody year. knows. Nobody and and the people in Chicago are just set left like, well, what's going on? We're losing. We're never. Let's just tear down the track. Mm-hmm. So that's my thought. All right, and it's fair. It, it's good. I I like the idea. It's a good concept. Um. I think it could be a hard sell because you don't see NASCAR races going to the bustling metropolis of Newton, Iowa, too often. Even though it's near Des Moines, which so, that city's buzzing like. Okay, the city or the the S's are silent, but, but the city, city is, is buzzing. buzzing. Yeah. So, uh, I just think that's, it'd be a great that could, I could, that's the only downside I could see if you're going to go to the but go, but, to the towns that have if they're going to go to the tracks that maybe only the Xfinity series goes to and replace a, um, a track from a larger, larger metropolitan area. But think about, think about things like Darlington, Richmond. These actually, those towns are actually smaller than Des Moines. A lot of the, the tracks that they go to are smaller than Des Moines. There's a lot of history there as well. With, okay, with Richmond and Darlington. That's fine, and I don't mind. I like the. I love his, the history of NASCAR. We can talk that all day if you want. But you to say that the population center is the reason that you can't go there. That's not true. Okay. NASCAR fans will travel. NASCAR fans love to travel and camp and drink beer from seven in the morning until they pass out at the end of the night. And do it all again the next day. Hmm. So I'm telling you, that's how to fix NASCAR. Uh, whichever, whatever France is running it right now, or whoever's listening, like seriously, guys, this is the this is how to fix it. I'm I think I'm going to actually write out an article and kind of do a little bit more research, even and bring in and like bring in solid names and show and which tracks could be rotated in and out. Yeah, kind of show like a, a like br- present. 35, 40 tracks that you could rotate in and make it a five, six, eight-year rotation and just say, yes, Chicagoland Motor Speedway. We are not going to have a Cup Series race there for seven years. But don't worry. We're coming back. We're coming back. And we're going to put other races there. You just got to trust us. Mm. And I think it I think it would be a great – I think it would be a great thing for NASCAR – for the communities that build those tracks, all of it. You got to get the track owners on board too. Oh, I think the track owners would be. Okay. I think because again, it will get more butts and seats. Because it'll be a novelty for, yep. for for two to four years, and then when that wears off, yep, you can rotate and yep swap in a different track. Yep. So it it it's not a it's not a far not one of my idea. crazier ideas. No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Okay. So um, you're you ready to keep making left turns, but this time around the baseball diamond. I am. Let's do that. So, folks, this Ooh. week was a rough week for our Cubs. Oh, my goodness. It was a rough week. We are talking six losses in six games. And I think that's the first time in our show's history that they've gone winless from show to show. Yeah. It was bad. Um, it was bad, folks. And apart from Wednesday's game, it was the the magic ran out on the bullpens. Oh yeah, the starting pitching was there. Yeah, you can't. Uh, you uh, last can't, night's game, the bullpen did all right. Actually, the bullpen did great last night. 
Yes, they did. Last night they did. I don't think, yeah. So let's take this game by game a little bit. I mean, you know, hit the Dodgers. Do you think, hey, maybe we can get a split against the Dodgers? Yeah, and that's, nope. <laughs> that was what we were looking at. That's what was giving me the hope for this week. Yeah, that's why I gave in LA. We, I thought we were going to get a split in LA. No, nope. we haven't won a game since, folks. Well, I don't know. I'm choosing to look at Saturday's game as a top. Because okay. the team, the bad umpiring on the field on the Jason Hayward home run. Jason Hayward doesn't hit many home runs, folks. Why are you going to take one away from him? It was an opposite field home run. The third base line, the third base umpire staring down the line, calls home run. Yep. You knew, the broadcasters knew, LA's probably going to challenge this one. Home pin umpire reverses the call and says, nope, it's a foul ball. Chicago has the challenge. And there wasn't enough video evidence to declare it a home run or really a foul ball. So because of there not being enough interference to overturn the call on the field, the home plates call the home plate umpires call a foul ball stood, even though it probably should have been a home run, like the third base umpire called for. Yep. And then in extra innings, Cody Bellinger hits a walk-off tying. It was a walk-off tie. But technically, in the, in the record books, on the record, it was a walk-off home run. Uh, walk-off win. A walk-off win. Yeah, I yeah I can agree with that. But in the record books, it's still lost. And then Milwaukee was just a complete disaster in Milwaukee. How do you have a, what was it, a 5 nothing lead? It was 7 to nothing. Oh, no, Wednesday. yeah. It was seven to nothing. nothing. And then blow it and lose 15 to 7. Because Jake Arietta couldn't find the strike zone. And then the bullpen, a gas bullpen. Yeah. Just started, just ran out of gas. Yeah. And even, uh, what was it? Even um, Friday, uh, it would have been Monday night's game. Yep. Kyle, the Kyle Hendricks game. Kept him in the ball game. Kept him in the bullpen. The bullpen came in and got it into the eighth inning where it was tied. And then they put up a 10 spot yeah. in the eighth inning and win 10 to 4. What do we need to do? At this point, I, I really don't know. There was a lot of the a lot of the blogs or people commenting on the blogs that I follow on the Twitter were saying that I mean, isn't it kind of kind of funny that they're choosing to rest players or give them their give them a scheduled day off in the biggest season, biggest series right now against the Brewers. Yep. And but you're resting Contreras because it's time for him to have a day off. And KB comes down with a with a nagging injury, and you're going to give yeah. him the time off during the during a big series against Milwaukee. And Rizzo miraculously has back spasms and he okay. can't play. Here's my thing, though. What's the true? What's the biggest truth about baseball? It's a long season. Yeah. One series, as much as it is a huge series, does not the season make. Correct? It can be a turning point in it can the be year. A turning point, but it doesn't. A series is not made or broken by one one series. Yeah. No. By all means, I wasn't agreeing with these people that were saying, "Hmm, isn't that kind of curious that they're choosing the rest of these players in the biggest series yep. of the year?" I I can understand that. But I'm just, I, all I'm saying is, is that 
It doesn't. It doesn't have to be that way. Okay. That is not the end all be all. That is not the way. No, I, I, I can understand what they're saying. I don't agree with it. All right. So they're seven and a half games back. Yep. If they keep losing. Yep. If they keep up they're this above losing, 500. They are. But if they keep losing, let's say they lose the next two games to the Reds. So we are a month out. They're they're at uh, keep her going here. Yep. They're they're now at five hundred. Yep. And they flip flop places with the Reds in the division standings. They yep. would drop from second place to third to third place. And not including what the Brewers may or may not do, they would drop eight and a half games back. Okay. Pending the results of what Milwaukee does yep. at the same time. And then they go into a series with St. Louis yep. before they close out of the All-Star break. And they could lose more ground in, in the division if they can't if they can't beat the Cardinals. Yeah. Now, they do have an easier schedule. Yep. After they after after the Milwaukee series, as they don't have to face as many winning teams. June June was a rough month. Julie, facing so many good baseball Okay, so here's the thing. We had one terrible week in June, right? Yeah. The rest of June was mediocre. Not great, but mediocre. They were still a 500 team before that. I, yeah. And I, they, think I think they were even slightly above 500. For the month, I believe they went like 12 and 16, I think they said, out of the month. Right. And the last, and five of them, five of the last ones were losses. Mm-hmm. Four of them for the last. So if they if they split those games, then they're five hundred. They're five hundred in June. They're five hundred in. Everybody's throwing this panic signal up because we lost six games in a row. You and I have been fans for how long, Rich? Yep, exactly. Yeah, Since before time. we can win, before yeah. we can remember, we we were babies when we started following the Cubs. Yeah, because. That's as a Cubs fan, where we're at, you're born into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've been following them. How many times have we seen one series where we look like the greatest team ever? One, one six game winning six in a row, and you feel like you're on top of the world, mm-hmm. but your season is garbage at the end of the year. Yeah, and how many times has the opposite come true? Not as much because we're Cubs fans, and let's be honest, we normally have a great week and we are a great start or a great this. And then we look like we're a great team, but then we fall on our faces in the middle of the season and we have a terrible season, but we've had times where we have a great season going mm-hmm. and you have just, just a week and everybody's blowing up. Oh, the Cubs are less than 500 for June. Yeah. We're, we're four games under 500 for June. Mm-hmm. Split those last four games. We're right at 500. That Jason Hayward thing doesn't happen. We're, Two games under 500, or we're, we're three games under 500, right? So that's three games. That's okay. not a terrible month, right? No. You get one more win out of that. Now we're we're basically at 500 at that point. So you win. So you win. So you're counting. So you're giving a win in the Jason Hayward game that was a where at least I'm just talking the numbers. Are, okay, the numbers for the last week. Like we're looking at it like we're doing terrible. We were going. We were going to be 500 heading into this, this last week for the month of June. Correct. We're, yeah. We. That's what we were looking at. We lose one rough game and one extra game, and now we're four games under 500 for the month. That sounds like a terrible thing, but what I'm saying is, 
it's not as bad as it looks. Let's hold the brakes on saying that the season's lost and we're terrible. We had a bad week. Okay. And I can get behind that because every team will have these types of weeks yeah. like the Cubs are going through. And look at and actually, it seems like nothing can go right. What you brought up earlier was look at the month of June. How terribly difficult was our schedule in the month of June? Terrible. It was hard. We had one of the hardest schedules in the month of June that we've had in that any we had the hardest schedule in the month of June over anybody in the MLB. And on the flip side, Milwaukee was playing one of the easiest schedules so, for, yeah, for an entire month. So we have the hardest schedule. We have injuries. I'm still not worried. Okay. This, this season is not lost at all. All right. So eight and a half games out right yep. now. Seven and a half, sorry. No, it's eight and a half, sorry. Yeah. Eight and a half games out. You got two games. This week you'll have two games with the – You'll have two with the two with the Reds, four with the Phillies, and what? then before you go to on the All Star break, you get three with the Cardinals. Yep. At what point do you need to make the decision? Are we going to buy or are we going to sell? So the teams already said that they're a buying team. Okay. The team said that. It's now, just what type of buy-in they're going to do. Yep, and how they're going to do it. Um, Honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an unpopular statement right here. All right, what's that? I think it's time to trade KD. And he, every year, every year he spent a month on the the IR. We call it IR now, right? Yeah, injured list. Yeah, and the I the IL, not the DL. Yeah, we. So he he's in. Like I hate the term injury prone. I don't think that's a real term. Mm-hmm. But he gets injured a lot. How how many times has he spent more than a month? on the injured list in the season. I think it's been most every year since he's since 2016. All right. He's he's still a great player when he's able to get out there, but it's time to say okay, these injuries are and, and that's what a lot of what hurts the team. All right. I think if you're going to do a combination of buying and selling, everybody needs a everybody's looking for that ace reliever or closer. Yep. Is the bullpen good enough that you could trade away Craig Krimbrough and his contract and let and go with a bullpen by committee and you utilize the matchups and utilize the, the great bullpen arms that you have to close out games instead of Craig Krimbrough and get a get a major return? I think I think I think you are right there, and here's why I say that. Craig is on a hot streak this year. He is. He he's looks, finally playing up to that contract. He's playing up to that contract. So now is when you get rid of him. And I, I hate saying that because I because I don't I think that looks like a selling move. Mm-hmm. But if you can get a big enough return off of it, if you can get somebody that just can bring the bats alive, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. come on now. That's what you need. The bullpen. Our bullpen's been great this year. Yeah, we've had a rough week. But a rough week. What? It's just a thought. It's just a thought. I mean, is I'm there? Okay. No, I'm okay with. I'm actually is there okay somebody with on the roster there. I think there are enough bullpen arms in the bullpen that you could mix and match, and bring in the hot hand, and maybe even play. I've said it before. I can't can't believe I'm going down this rabbit hole again. But play raise baseball with your bullpen. Yep. And maybe not have a designated. 
closer. Oh, yeah. To where a guy that's, if you've got the lead in the ninth inning, you're going to go to him automatically. But, I mean, Andrew Chafin could do that. Ryan Chapero could do that. He, 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 there's so many guys in our bullpen right now that I I would st- I would trust giving the ball in the ninth inning. I don't. Kimbrel is not even on that. Like Kimbrel's on that list. Don't get me wrong; he's been playing great. But I I would not have a problem if we just said, "Okay, Craig, time for you to to yeah. move on." But I personally, I think the team is in a no win situation. Yeah. With Bias, Riot, and Rizzo, because if they trade them, the more than likely, the front office is going to get ridiculed or killed by the fan base because you gave him up for what? That's all you got for this guy? It depends on, it depends on what they can get for him. If they can get a, a handsome ransom, you're fine. And I think some of these guys you could probably get that on. Um, Baez, probably. But again, I think Baez is the guy that... that Baez and Contreras have been who I've argued for for years. Okay. And I continue to make that argument because the this in the month of May, the two most consistent players were Baez and Contreras. And we did great. The least two consistent of our core, KB and Rizzo, spent half the month out. And we still looked like an all-star team. Right? Yeah. I mean, you can't deny that the numbers are there in May. Mm-hmm. They were both on the on the injured list multiple times. Why are, like, I love those guys. But, folks, if you're a Cubs fan, you, do you want the team to win? Or do you want to hold on to these guys that got us a World Series seven years, six years ago now? Mm-hmm. Or five years ago? Yeah. Do you want to hold on to these guys, the guy in the World Series five years ago, or do you want to build a team that is going to get us a World Series again? What do you want, Rich? I, I, I would like a better chance at getting a World Series sooner. Okay. Is that going to be keeping guys like Bryant or Rizzo, who I love, but who are not showing that they're the reason that we're going to win a World Series this year? Or do you keep guys like Contreras and Baez who continue to show us that they are irreplaceable? I don't, I don't think I have a great answer on that one, Mike. I really don't. Your face says it's you're tough. winning this argument. It's tough. Your face says I'm winning this argument, but I don't want to admit it because yeah. I love Bryant and I love Baez, or I love Rizzo. I, I like Rizzo and Bryant more than Baez. But but when we look at the numbers, when we look at the numbers, who gives you a better chance to win this year on a combination of Bryant and or Contreras and Baez or Bryant and Rizzo? Your face says it all. Yeah. I won, people. Right. <laughs> it's too tough. I mean, pretty much everybody in this core to where you're where when you're debating amongst yourself or amongst seeing what the fans are writing of. If let's just blow it up and trade everybody, or or which which out of those four do you keep? All of those guys go through really really streaky periods of whether they're crushing the ball and do, doing consistent at the plate, or they're just striking out or making easy outs. But when they're on, when they're off, who still pro- provides a better chance to win? 
Baez and Contreras because of defense. Yep. And Rizzo can play a good defense too, but that's where I like the versatility. Even if KB isn't producing at the plate, at least he's giving you lineup flexibility because you can put him multiple places across the diamond. That's true. Keep this bat in the lineup and allow you to get the hotter hand in the lineup at third base instead of, and then you can put by Brian out in the outfield. Yeah, we can figure your outfield. I think there's, I think there's much better options out there. I think those are the two guys we need to get on the chopping block. I'll even put Kermol out there. Let's get those three guys traded for a good, for good, for a good right now player, a good right now player. But if you're trading, get a ransom, get get a king's ransom in the in the uh, for prospects. All right. But I think if you're trading one of the core players, I think that that's too much of a signal of you're punting on this year. It depends on how you do it. It depends on what you get back. If you get if you get key players in key locations, and I, we don't outfield is is fairly well handled right now. We could use we could use a a of everyday left fielder. But Hayward and right, happen center. Who are you gonna put in left? We get a really solid left fielder. And a guy that can handle his own at first place. A good first baseman. How much more are we improved than where we are right now? I just a little better. A little better probably. And that's all we need. We just need those little bit better. Every little bit better makes us that much closer to winning the World Series. We have a great team. We have a great – the team is actually doing really well. This last week has been bad. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, the team has been doing great. Okay. So you say by whether it's adding adding the key pieces. But I think if you're going to keep the core, not if you're going to take the core off the block and keep those four – what they need, not necessarily in this order anymore. A good but not great starting pitcher. Yep. Slot in in the, the number five spot. Uh, how about in the number three spot? Okay. I'd take a number three pitcher at this point. Let, let's say the guy that can come in and take take the place of Area. the guys that we've been rotating in and out of the rotation in the number five spot. Guys like Trevor Williams, Cole, uh, Cole Abbott, I think. Yeah. Um, Cole Stewart. Yep. Those guys. Yeah. Those guys to where you can bump Arietta back to that number five spot or to a position of you've got a short – you're going to start the game, Jake, but you're going to have a short leash. Yeah. Um, and so if you can get a good, a good but not great starting pitcher yep. that, could, that you could slot behind Davies, Davies and Hendricks. Yeah. A backup catcher. I'm, it's, to me, it's I'm yeah. almost starting to feel that the we're not we're missing Victor Carantini more than you Darvish. Now people people are making the case of well you you they weren't planning on winning this year because you traded your best starting pitcher. But the thing is, even if you had you Darvish, you'd still be one starting you'd still be down a starting pitcher. Yeah, you'd have an ace starting in front of Kyle Hendricks to be able to push everybody back if you had kept Darvish. But we'd still have a revolving door as a fifth starter. Yep. But not having Victor Carantini is causing us to play Wilson Contreras more. Wilson Contreras isn't getting a scheduled or a consistent day off. 
And when we do give McKenzie a day off, the lineup suffers. Yeah. Because we, our backup catchers have been so bad and they yeah. can't stay healthy. Nope. Uh, you, you make great points. You make great points. So a backup start, and I would say. A backup catcher, a good, good but not great three, a, a three to five guy. Yeah. And, and for your pitcher. A guy that you we would feel comfortable with making a start in the playoffs, but at the but it's not going to cost you a bunch of prospects. So I don't yeah. think Max Serger is should be in the conversation. I mean, don't get me wrong. If we got Max, I still think I think that that helps us a lot. But what are we going to have to give up in return to that's, get him? That's the first part, and the and second part is I think the bigger part. Um, we're still not solving our our number three, our number four. Number three and number four are still questionable for us. Yeah. You're, I would prefer to get a solid three and a solid four. So get two starting pitchers. Get two starting pitchers. Get a solid three and a solid four and a backup catcher that, that we can trust to to give Contreras a day off. Now, the problem with that, though, is backup catcher isn't playing in the, in the postseason. No, but you need to keep him healthy to get to, your, get to the postseason, though. Um, I would say, I actually would say if I get two, uh, three and a four, Mm -hmm. and if I can get a three and a four, and how easy would it be to get a three or a four for either uh, Rizzo or Bryant? That would not be a hard sell. And that looks like it's a buying move, because follow me on this, because you're improving where your weakness is, and you're holding fast where your your guys that are they, when they're out of the lineup they're not making it doesn't make as much of a difference so if you put the, if you put how you could easily get a three or a four or you could get two threes for either one of those guys I would bet depending on where they're going yes and you get two threes out of that now our starting rotation looks like a solid starting rotation yeah and then I mean, let's trade KB. You could for KB, you could get two threes, two number three pitchers. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly think oh, that. Yeah. I mean, the only hole in your argument there is that the teams that you're probably going to be trading these two to see if you can get their three and four starter with them being free agents at the end of the year, those same teams are probably also in the playoffs and aren't going to give up. Pitchers from their starting rotation. That's why to you, you you don't look for you don't look at those guys. See, here's where you do it. You look for twos and threes on teams that are terrible. That would why be would the teams elsewhere. that are terrible gonna take on a guy that's gonna be unless they want it unless they see it as all right. Let's get the player in the door. Yep. See what he thinks of us, and we'll talk. We'll and they'll get the they'll get a contract done before the end of the year. You can. Bryant's still willing to talk. The Cubs aren't doing the, doing a good job. Rizzo's the one that said, "I'm not talking about it during the season." So Bryant, you get him traded off. You get it, you say, "Hey, here's what we're doing. We're gonna trade you. We're gonna take you this year. Here's the contract we're offering for you for the next ten years: hundred million dollars. You're a key player for the next ten years. Yeah. And Cubs, you get to you get to." Uh, you get our number two and number three. The twins do that. Hmm. If the twins do that, that helps them. So that puts them in a great position for the next 10 years. Okay. 
it helps the Cubs out for the next two years, three years, because those starters, I think, are only on – their two and three, I think, are only on a couple more year contract. The Cubs get what they need. The Twins get something they need. Everybody's happy. Okay. That makes the Cubs buying, even though, yeah, they gave up one of our core guys. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played enough. He hasn't played well enough to be consistent. Albeit, but also a core guy that there's a chance that he might not re-sign anyone. Yep. Because he's got Scott Boris as his agent. There you go, guys. Cubs, listen to me. Work on All it. All right. It'd be a tough sell either way. Yep. I don't think the fan base is going to be happy no matter what they do. Okay. Um, we so got, let's go into the quick hits because well, we, we got a couple of more things we got to talk about real quick. Okay. Sticky situation. Uh, people pulling their pants off and we did that and, last week. Oh yeah, we did. But we've actually had a suspension now for yeah. sticky stuff. Hector Santiago. And he's claiming that it wasn't anything illegal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he said that it was ra- rosin. He had something in his glove. That's, okay. what they, that's what they called it out. But it still hasn't been tested. I, and he appealed the suspension. Yep. We'll see what happens, folks. Keep We'll keep our eyes on that. Trevor Bauer got in trouble for domestic abuse. I didn't hear that one. Yeah, it was domestic abuse. Trevor! Domestic abuse. And the thing is, he, so the team wasn't going to put him on administrative before. They said Major League Baseball was going to look into it, but they weren't going to put him on administrative leave or any sort of leave. So he was scheduled to make his start this weekend until MLB stepped in and said, nope, you're going on administrative leave until we can... We can fix this. So it's not looking good for Trevor Bauer. <sighs> Trevor Bauer. There's more to the domestic abuse. It's, I don't know, more than I want to cover on this show. We'll, we'll, we'll have to look into it. We'll get into it. We might get into it next week. Yeah. We'll talk about it next Still week. Still a lot to know. Yeah. Um, it's way early. Okay. Let's get into the quick hits because we really have been, I, I, I do this we every time. Than we don't, we do. Expect it. Uh, NHL. Uh, Montreal had versus Tampa Bay. You got the pick. I, I gave know. you the pick. I know. The magic ran out for the Canadians, it's looking like. Tampa Bay looking to sweep uh, on Monday's game. I don't think they'll do it. I think I think Montreal will get at least one game in. Mm-hmm. But uh, Tampa Bay is looking great. Looks like I'm getting a free meal out of it here soon. That's all right. Um, NBA playoffs. The Suns beat L.A. Yeah. We are guaranteed to have a two small market teams now. And the other thing that I pointed out is that this will be the first NBA championship, first NBA finals where nobody has any finals has ever not won in NBA finals. Wow. I this is gonna be exciting. No matter who the bar, whether it's Milwaukee or Atlanta advancing. Yep. I I actually think I'm gonna watch the watch the finals now. Ooh. Because of these guys being the one these teams being in. Uh, I love these small market teams doing it. Um, and then finally, folks, before we get um, on to our Bucks, how the how are the Bucks? Okay, how the, are the Bucks and the Hawks doing? The Bucks are up three games to two. Game six is tonight. Check it out. I think it's on ABC. Um, I believe it's either on ABC, ABC or ESPN. It's one of those TNT. Two. I think it might be. Oh, is it TNT? It might, have, it okay. might be the TNT TBS series. Okay. The East. Um, uh, so, folks, check it out. Um, and then. Uh, the last thing that we have before we before you know we what? give any shout-outs. Let's go ahead and just let's save that for next week. Okay. Name, image, and likeness. We'll talk about that next week. Yep. I'm sure we'll need content. So, yep. um, Folks, uh, 
if you are watching us on Facebook, you just want to listen to us while you're driving five hours to get to see your friends and family mm-hmm. and introduce your baby to them. Uh, check us out anywhere you get your podcast. We are on Google, Apple, uh, Spotify, uh, most of the major group places you find it. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, and Rich, if they're listening to us and they want to participate in polls or watch us live when we do mm-hmm. this, what should they do? They should go over to Facebook and like both Balls and Sticks, Balls and Sticks, the podcast, our regular show page, as well as fans of Balls and Sticks, so you can watch us on, so you can vote in our poll questions. And if you're more of a YouTube person rather than yep. uh, Facebook Live, you can also watch us, you can also look for us on YouTube at our YouTube channel, uh, where the videos will upload at a later date. So if you want to watch us on at so if you want to watch us do the show live at a later date, you can always find us on YouTube as well. Yep. Uh, this week it'll probably be Monday. Uh, we're recording Saturday. If you're if you're looking for us, uh, yeah, it was late this week. I'm in the Quad Cities. I'm not at home where I have my home network, mm-hmm. so I I can't do it all right here. But folks, thanks for joining us. And happy birthday, America! Oh, I got others too. Oh yeah, you got two. Yeah, I yeah, got two. yeah. Um, Mother, happy birthday to uh, my mother-in-law, Karen. She celebrated a birthday on July 1st. On 29th, Thursday. right? Her 29th birthday, right? Yeah. 29th, yeah. Happy 29th birthday. birthday. <laughs> several anniversaries of the 29th birthday, but yeah. Happy 29th birthday, Karen. Yeah. And uh, my mom's birthday is tomorrow. How can July a 28-year-old have a son your age? I don't know. How does it, I don't get how it works. The miracles of science. The miracles of science. Happy 28th, 29th birthday to both you ladies. Uh, in all seriousness, um, happy birthday, Karen and Pam. Yeah, happy birthday, guys. So, folks, that'll do it for us. Um, let me, I gotta roll that out. Yeah, I? put some music on there for the folks that listen to us on the podcast. Yeah, I gotta do that. Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rick.